Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 61. I'm Carly Tizano, a New Year's resolution coach obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. The second most common tip that I gave out as I was going through college and then after I graduated, and then now that I'm in grad school again that I've started to use as just part of my regular homework routine is to always start my next assignment on the template of the last one. So in the case of discussion boards, I'll just pull up the last discussion board that I did, copy in the new directions. A lot of times when it's for the same class, some of the same sources and references will be used and then I can just pull in other ones and then I'll just copy over the actual discussion board as I'm responding to the new prompt. Or in the case of a paper, I use the exact same template because a lot of things are probably gonna stay the same, at least like the cover page and I'm still gonna need a references page. And if I'm lucky, maybe some of the references will be the same textbooks and all that. But it saves so much time rather than having to reinvent the wheel every time we try to do something new. And it also operates as a bridge. It's that first step that we can take to kind of dip our toe in the water or to get started on something. And at least I found for me, I normally am not telling myself like all I need to do today is to get the format of my paper ready. But by being able to take a shortcut at the first step and then begin to copy in the new headings that I know I'm going to need or any extra sources that I've already prepared or I already had an idea for what I want to say in the conclusion so I can start that and I can just begin to build on the framework that I was already able to copy over from something else and then tweak, it makes the whole process so much easier and it really eases into something that can be really intimidating like writing this massive research paper. And it's so nice to have that way to introduce the topic or the concept or to get started in that way. But don't worry, we're not going to be talking about research papers or graduate school or anything like that today. But this concept, something that I have spent a lot of time thinking about and utilizing over this past year and over the course of my prior education, and don't worry, I have never forgotten to use save as. It's the other tip that goes along with that. Make sure you don't save over your passwork. You want to use save as. But that idea is something that I think is so fascinating when it comes to goals and resolutions and becoming the person that we want to be. And it's another idea that I don't hear a lot of people talking about, but that has so much power in our lives. And so conceptualized in this way, it's the idea of copy and pasting thoughts and ideas that we already believe about ourselves or what we can do and achieve, and then utilizing it to become more that person or to do something else. It's fascinating because we all know and understand on an intellectual level the power that our beliefs about ourselves have over ourselves. And as we talked about in episode 23, episode 21, about the model, which is a life coaching tool that we can use to change what we believe and to affect any other change that we want to see in our life, but that says that our thoughts create our feelings and then our feelings drive our actions and our actions create our results. This is such a powerful tool when it comes to recognizing the role of that thought feature of the model, because it's allowing us to copy and paste something we already believe into that line. And that's something that a lot of times we struggle with because as we're trying to believe something new about ourselves or cultivate our belief with regard to something, we a lot of times will do things like affirmations where we're going to take this thing that we would someday really like to believe about ourselves or our ability to do something. And so we'll start to repeat it to ourselves like a mantra. And that can work as we begin that process of cultivating belief and our brain begins to collect evidence of how it might be true or how it just might not not be true. And that is a process that we can go through as we work towards our goals and keep our resolutions. 
But what's even more powerful is the idea that we may already believe the thing that we need to believe or want to believe or something similar or at least comparable about some other aspect of our lives. And we can copy and paste that over and skip all of the interim steps of trying to establish and build up and cultivate the belief in a new area when we can just basically use a keyboard shortcut and copy and paste it over to this new area of our lives. So an area where I witnessed this in someone else, and I thought that they really could use this tool recently, was I was talking with someone and they had shared about just how good they thought they were with people and cultivating relationships and being really friendly and engaging with others and that they could pretty much have a conversation with anyone about anything. And that is not me. So I totally appreciate that aspect about someone else. And I can see even in my own belief right there how that's not something I believe about myself. But and it's not something that I really want to or else I would be working to cultivate that belief. But I can see the value in having that belief about yourself. And this person obviously could, too, because it was an aspect of themselves that they held in really high esteem. But then just shortly thereafter, they were talking about this really casual social interaction where they were going to hire someone to do a job and they were just worried about how that was going to go. And just they felt like it was going to be awkward and they were worried about how they were going to handle it. And it was just at least to me, it was an aspect of like you're going to this person to approach them, to tell them what you need them to do, and then you're just going to walk away. That There was no extra level of drama that I was, at least in my own brain, associating with it. And I think that comes from my knowledge and experience with building businesses and hiring people to do things and to work for me and to carry out tasks and to work on ongoing projects. And so I understand how I want to handle myself and show up in that kind of relationship in terms of taking charge and directing others and setting expectations and articulating objectives and all of that. So I felt very comfortable or would feel very comfortable in a situation like that. And so I ended up helping that person handle that thing. But it was so interesting to me to think about how they could copy that belief about the kind of person they were, that they can talk with anyone about anything and that explaining to this person what they needed done was no exception to that and that they could do it from maybe a higher energy than I would of excitement and engagement and sharing with that person maybe more than instructing them, which may be more how I would approach it. And it was just so interesting to me to recognize this disconnect about this belief that they held really strongly about at least socially how they could engage with people and then not recognizing that this different kind of social engagement, just one where it's a bit more directional or there's assistance involved that they didn't recognize they could copy those exact same beliefs that they have about themselves over into this new area, somewhere that it could be very helpful. And sure, maybe it's not appropriate in all aspects when you're hiring someone or to employees to have that same attitude that you would with your friends, but there are underlying beliefs, I strongly believe, about that person's relational ability and talents and the way that they connect with others that they could find useful in pretty much any situation in interacting with people. We can also use this on a much larger scale when it comes to the ideals of self-confidence and self-trust, which we know and have established are really the ultimate aims that we're trying to get out of any goal that we work towards. Because like we talked about back in episode 17, when reaching the goal isn't the goal, we talked about what those other goals are. And self-confidence and self-trust generally are top of the list because self-confidence is the belief that we can do the things we say we're going to do. And self-trust is that belief that we will do the things that we say we're going to do. And so together, those two beliefs make you pretty much unstoppable. But even if you haven't been able to cultivate them in all areas or universally, they're a belief that you can develop and cultivate in one area and then begin to copy and paste into others. Because if you say you're going to go to the gym 
five days a week after work. And you begin to cultivate the self-trust of you say you're going to go to the gym five days a week after work and you do. Then when it comes to and I'm not going to stop at McDonald's on the way home, if you set that as the next expectation, you can draw on that self-trust and that belief of I said I'm going to do this and so I am or whatever derivative of that belief really resonates for you. You can draw on that and utilize that to take the next step in a related area. Or it could be something completely different. You could say, I do the things I say I'm going to do. I go to the gym every day after work, like I said. I also want to start reading more. And so you start going to the library or you stop by Barnes & Noble or you download an audiobook. Whatever it may be, you can begin to cross-apply those beliefs from one area of your life into the other. And as we know, a big part of reaching any goal or keeping any resolution requires us to strengthen our beliefs about who we are and what we're capable of. And fortunately for us, we have been successful. We've gotten to this point in our lives. So we have a lot of those beliefs very firmly entrenched, at least in some areas. And if we can empower them to translate into other areas, our ability or capability in those areas becomes similarly powerful. So this kind of thing is often what coaching revolves around. You're getting a behind-the-curtains glimpse into what it's like to work with a coach because this is the kind of work that we would do talking about what you do believe about yourself, what beliefs have proved themselves to be powerful in what areas and what you've been able to achieve as a result, and then how we can either directly apply or maybe with some slight transmutation or translation, copy that belief into an area that is something that we're currently working on. So the first step in the process is, of course, to know what it is you're working on, the areas that you want to change. So it may be clearly established if you have a goal that you're working on or a resolution you set or you're trying to develop a particular attribute. If you can notice that there is an area where a gap is occurring, where you want to make progress and you're not, or you haven't started to make progress in that certain area, or just that your beliefs aren't aligned with what it's going to take to get to the goal, often a pretty easy way to tell is if what you believe now is what you were going to believe when you reach your goal, then reaching your goal is inevitable because you have the belief there, which is going to create the feeling, which is going to drive the action and create that result that you want. But if there's a disconnect still between what you are currently believing and what you are going to believe or need to believe when you reach that goal, then that's where the gap is occurring. And that is the kind of work that we need to do in order to get you to where you want to go. So once we have identified the beliefs that are holding us back from where we want to be, then we can begin to identify and strengthen ones that are more likely to get us where we want to go. And of course, that, as we just said, implies and means that you have to know where it is that you want to go in the first place. So this can be a difficult process. And I have broken it down into three easy steps because you know me, I like numbers, I like lists. So the first step after we've done kind of that preliminary work of identifying generally what it is that we're working on and what it is that's holding us back, that's kind of like the pre-steps or you could include them in the list. But fundamentally, what we have to do is we have to identify a powerful belief that we have in one area. So that may be an area where we have reached a goal or where we are living very aligned with our values. If you want to know what I'm talking about, that's episode 23, where we dove into that, the hierarchy of values. And so recognize then what the thoughts are that you have or the beliefs that you have about yourself in that one area. And then step two is to consider how that belief, which often relates back to how you think about yourself or the qualities that you believe you possess, and then think about how that could cross apply in this new area where you are trying to make progress or trying to get started. And then finally, step three, nice and easy, 
paste your belief into that context, and then you get to let the magic happen. Because like I said, rather than trying to cultivate that belief from step one, you are doing so with the intention and the recognition that I already have all of this evidence for this belief that I have built up in this other area. And just because it's a different context doesn't make that evidentiary support irrelevant. In fact, it just makes it more powerful because you have that evidentiary support to back it up. So I'll give you an overarching example of what this may look like in our lives. So if you believe that you're someone who can do hard things because of difficult circumstances in the past or because you've checked off some big goal or kept a resolution or you just because you know that you put all of yourself into everything you do or for any other reason, then that is a super powerful belief that we could copy out of whatever context you have that belief in or the overarching context. And then we can copy and paste it and we can use it to fuel the goal or resolution or whatever difficult thing you may currently be facing. Related to the idea of I can do hard things, which isn't a belief that I don't hold. I guess the derivative that I hold more closely or that I would say I repeat to myself more is the idea of I do do hard things. Not that I can, but that I do. But recently, just this last weekend, actually, I was going for a run. And I'll give you some insight into my goal setting process here and a glimpse into my progress. So I have still not quite hit my eight minute mile goal. And that's okay because I still know I have weeks left and I haven't been pushing it because I have read a lot and talked to people who said that in order to boost my speed the most, I should be doing some distance running, although that's actually going to tie into the resolution investigation that we're going to get into here at the end. And so as a result, I have been doing longer runs, not super long. I am not <laughs> ambitious, but I have been doing uh, a 5K every Saturday. I call it like my luxury run because I just kind of take it nice and slow, but it is longer than I run any other day. And that alone kind of shocks me because I never thought I would be someone to run any distance. I have always, as I said earlier in the year and on the podcast, like my belief has always been that I hate running. But now as that those words come out of my mouth, like that just does not feel true anymore. I'm not going to say I love running. I certainly am nowhere near <laughs> that benchmark. But it's not something that I hate or can see myself never doing. I will admit, like even the idea of a marathon has crossed my mind, not anywhere in the near future, but as a possibility of something that I may slash will probably do at some point in the future, which is just fascinating to me to see how much my thoughts and beliefs have evolved in this area because of this goal that I set. And I do sense there's a little bit in my brain of, I feel like I can push myself longer distances, which is ironic because growing up, I was always much more of a sprinter than a distance runner because pushing myself to go faster is harder on my lungs than it is to just go longer, slower. Anyway, so I'm kind of on to myself and my brain in that way, which is super interesting to recognize there maybe is a little bit of trying to get out of my ultimate goal here, but that I'm ultimately reaching an end that is more valuable to me in terms of liking running more and the ability that that I now have to run much further than I did at the beginning of the year and to open the possibilities of wherever that may lead in the future is so cool. So of course, I'm not changing my goal, but it has been interesting just to witness like what my brain has done and how it has worked on this problem and the progress that I have made in some areas and not in others. And just how all of that has come together has been super interesting. But all of that to say, as I was doing my 5K this weekend, the biggest hurdle, unsurprisingly, whether I'm running fast or slow is my brain. Although my lungs hurt quite a bit <laughs> when I'm running and my feet hurt all the time. It's just my brain. And on the longer runs, it's just the notion of how long I'm going to be doing this for and pure boredom. Because if my brain is distracted or engaged, then I don't feel bored and the time goes by so much more quickly, obviously. But even if I'm listening to a really engaging audiobook, which is what I do pretty much every workout, and thanks to my goal to read books I like more, most of the books that I've been reading have been at least mostly engaging. 
But even then, sometimes my brain is just so bored, like our feet are hitting the pavement one after the other. And we're going to be doing that for the foreseeable future. And so during my run this last weekend, my brain was kind of circling around that idea of like, I can do hard things. But as I said, it was my leisurely run. And so my brain kicked it back and was like, well, this isn't a hard thing. This does not qualify, or at least it no longer qualifies, even though even just a few months ago, running a 5k every weekend would have sounded like an absolute nightmare. And so it was interesting because then my brain came back and it was like, well, maybe in this context, what's much more important is the ability that I have to do boring things. And so I've spent a lot of time thinking about that since. And that is a belief that even though I have never recognized it, I can see how it applies in so many areas of my life, like writing a research paper. It is somewhat interesting um, and intellectually stimulating, but it also can be pretty boring, especially when it's like 6 a.m. and I would much rather be asleep. So it is just fascinating. So that is a belief that I have already been able to copy and paste into other areas of my life and to recognize the power that it already has and how much evidence that I have for it. Because now as I'm doing work or sometimes just engaging in activities that I don't find boring, but that I want to be there because of the values, <laughs> because of my hierarchy of values and what's important to me, I am now I have already been able to recognize that thought and that that thought to copy and paste that belief about I can do boring things. If anything, like that is something that is possible for me. And it has really just shifted my perspective on it. And it's helped me to recognize like even that is a skill and a skill that I want to cultivate. I want to be able to do boring things. Do I want to spend a lot of my time doing boring things? No, not really. But I want to be able to have that ability and have that be something that I can do. So all of that to say, this is another episode I've had on my mind for a long time. And it's perfect to have these examples from the last couple of weeks really come together as I was getting ready to record this episode. And like we talked about two weeks ago in episode 59 and how that topic really very perfectly and closely aligned with what I was going through and working on what I wanted to talk about then, (laughs) just another perfect instance of alignment. And so today I would encourage you to resolve to copy and paste a thought. I don't care what thought. I don't know. I don't care where you're copying it from or where you're pasting it to, but try that activity of copy and pasting your thoughts because it has been so powerful for me and so powerful for so many of my clients. And it's something that I don't hear many people talking about. So (laughs) copy and pasting is not just a keyboard shortcut. It's actually something that I truly believe can help get us from where we are to where we want to go. And it can get us there a little more quickly. (laughs) That is why it is a shortcut after all. And then our resolution investigation for today is diving into that idea I was talking about a little bit earlier relating to running. Um, And also my push-up goal, which is something else that I'm very close on. But again, like I talked about, I haven't been pushing it too much in this because like I've talked about in other episodes, a year is a year. And so there was no need for me to check off either of these goals in January when I gave myself until December to do them. And as a result, I've been able to obviously develop a lot of other competencies and beliefs in other areas that have proven to be really beneficial. And I also recognized this is another thing that I was onto myself, particularly when I was spending a lot of time in the weight room. I recognized that I was kind of thinking of what I was doing as cross training. So like building up my skill and ability in other areas and thinking and believing and knowing that in a lot of ways it will carry over to make me stronger for pushups or to build up my lung capacity for my runs. So when I first joined the gym earlier this year, I've spent a lot of time in the weight room and I spent a lot of time on pretty much all of the exercise machines like the stair climber or the exercise bike, those kind of things. But then a couple months ago, I really realized that if I want to run and I want to get better at running, I have to run. 
And if I want to do push-ups and to get better at doing push-ups, I have to do push-ups. And so I credit my dad for <laughs> helping me reach that revelation as he was kind of asking me how those goals were doing and what progress I was making and how much I was actually doing either of those things. And so as a result, I've been doing like 100 to 150 push-ups every day to build up my push-up strength, even though I do them in sets. And then I have been running a couple of miles every day. And then recently, the derivative of this belief again, copying and pasting it into the running context of I don't just need to run more, I need to run faster more. So kicking up the speed on the treadmill and trying to push myself to go longer at that faster speed, all of those things, it was just a good and important reminder to me, thanks to these resolutions and the growth that I have had over this past year and what it has looked like to work on these things this year. This thought really came to the forefront of if I want to get better at these things, then I have to do those things. And of course, that's obviously true with anything else, whether that be starting a business or reading more or eating healthy writing a book, any of those things, to do them, we have to do them. And it's so obvious sometimes that I think we miss it, especially if we are indulging in ideas of things like cross-training, which is super valuable, especially for athletes. And I know that's something they do a lot when they're injured. And so there is a lot of things that do cross-relate. And this is particularly interesting in light of our copy and paste thoughts, because we may be able to copy and paste thoughts and even actions and the value that they have to the goals and the results that we want to achieve. But we have to recognize that sometimes in order to do something, we actually have to do something. So journaling and doing story prompts that you pulled off of Pinterest or reading, like all of those things are good and valuable. But if you want to write a book, if that is your goal, then at some point you're going to have to pick up paper and pen and write a book. And if you do want to write a book, then you should check out some of our earlier episodes this year. Number 48 with Jennifer Locke about writing nonfiction. And then episode 54 with Emily Golden and Rachel May about writing fiction. So cross-training is great, building skills, copying beliefs, but at some point when you are ready to do what you want to do, check out those episodes. And that is what I have really tried to do with all of the guests that I've had on the podcast is to have people who could come on and talk about a particular area or goal that I know a lot of people set to give the tools and knowledge and expertise and resources and insight into what it is to reach that goal and what it takes and where you can turn for help and to help you be inspired. So that is what has gone into choosing the guests that we've had and the wisdom and knowledge that they have brought to share, for which I am so, so grateful always. And then this week I have been reading and I just finished the book Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn. It was really good. It was better than I expected. It's a fictional book, kind of a mystery, kind of a thriller, but it's about these women who were trained to be assassins and now they're in their 60s or something and they're retiring and then suddenly they're the ones being targeted. <laughs> and so... It's a really unique plot. Very interesting. I'm not sure that there are lots of twists and turns because it's not the kind of story where you really think it's going to turn out one way. You don't really know where it's headed. But I enjoyed the characterization and the idea and the writing style was just really fun. So that was a unique read that I wasn't too sure about going in, but that I ended up being pretty pleasantly surprised by. And then this week, I want to toast all of our friends, the people who go out of their way to stay connected to us, who send texts to make plans to catch up, whether that be by phone or in person, or the ones who like send you reels or TikToks or memes or GIFs or whatever, just to stay engaged or because something reminded them of you. And I certainly try to be that person too. When I see something that reminds me of someone, I send it to them. And I try to be very good about staying in touch with people, especially people who live far away. But I've been able to reconnect with some friends lately that I haven't seen in years or who I just don't get to see very often. And it's always so nice. It does take quite a bit of work to set those things up, but there is just such a joy that comes from connecting with people that you love, even if you don't get to see them very often or can't see them very often. And whether it be through a text message or an actual 
encounter face-to-face or face-to-phone. I always so appreciate when people take the time and make the effort to reach out and do that. And so maybe that's like another secondary resolve to reach out. Someone that you know and that you love and that you care about. And then you can toast yourself and toast the people in your life who do that for you. And with that, thanks for tuning into the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tisano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytisano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.